שלום לכולם וברוכים הבאים לפודקאסט שלנו. אני רוני לוי, אינדסטרי מנג'ר בגוגל ישראל, ואני מאוד שמחה להיות כאן היום. הפרק היום מתקיים באנגלית, ובו אנחנו נדבר על חברה שהתחילה מרעיון מגניב ובערך אלף דולר בכיס, ובמספר שנים בודדות הפכה לעסק ששווה מיליונים. נדבר על הסיפור שמאחורי ההצלחה, השינוי באסטרטגיה שהביא לצמיחה, והשימוש הנכון ביוטיוב. אז בלי עוד ספוילרים, החברה לפרק שלנו להיום היא וישרד. וזה עכשיו הזמן שלי לעבור לאנגלית ולהציג בפניכם את ניק, קווין ווינס, הפאונדרים של וישרד, ומי שמשמשים כמנכ"ל, מנהל השיווק והפנים המרכזיות של החברה. So thanks for joining us today. Hello again, Nick, Kevin, Vince. How are you today? Great. So it's actually your first time in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. How are you loving it? Absolutely love it. Weather's perfect, food's amazing. Yeah, the people are amazing. Everything's been awesome so far. Great, great. What, the, what do you like the most? The food. The yeah. food. Okay, yeah. okay. Good. So I'll suggest we'll start with something basic just to warm up. Tell us how it all got started. So I was in London doing, uh, doing some work over there, and I went to a book signing, and I ended up meeting Kevin at that book signing, and we ended up talking for a couple of hours. I just fell in love with the kid, and he was a special person. So we stayed in contact, and then every time I would come to London, we'd hang out, or if I was in Europe, or when he would come over to America, we'd hang out. We just became closer and closer and closer. Felt like just one of those special connections where I was like, this kid's different. He's a really special person. So... Once one of my mentors was teaching me, giving me the marketing game, teaching me media buying and some of these things, I talked to Kevin and he was working on some of that stuff too. And so whenever I moved to Los Angeles, my, I was telling one of my mentors like, hey, there's a really special kid. We should get him, get him over here while he's young he's, and, and start training him on this stuff. He's, he's going to be really talented. And so I eventually talked Kevin into moving to LA. He was still living with his parents. It was his first move was 3,000 miles across the world, which is pretty wild, mm-hmm. to the Hollywood Hills. And then, so Kevin and I worked on a bunch of projects over the years in LA, before, way before V-Shred, kind of honed our craft on marketing and, and, and media buying and things like that. And then we ended up running into Vince along that path, just from going out in LA, became really close friends. Then we met Vince when he was 18. Yeah, I think, yeah. Oh, wow. He was a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Roger and I, uh, and Kev and Vince were all, all friends. Roger worked in nightlife, so just all started as just friends. We weren't even talking, Kevin and I were doing business together, but then we, As, as we got better and better marketing we were like man we really want to start some of our our own products and our own projects and so the idea for vishra just kind of came to came to me as like a as a as a fun side project for the the four of us to work on together and then once we started getting into it it, it kind of developed a life of its own we became pretty obsessed with it and we, we, we literally took a thousand dollars put in a bank account and never took around to funding never you know never had any investment in You know VCs or anything like that we didn't know what we do and nobody would have invested in us <laughs> but that but it's a pretty cool story that you know we took that from a thousand dollars and I think we've just crossed over 750 million lifetime now in what six seven years now seven years Wow yeah. that's amazing how come you picked the fitness and sport industry we wanted to pick something at the beginning first off when we as, as we got closer and closer to Vince he was doing modeling and I was like man I talk, kept telling Kevin like this is the most shredded thing kid I've ever seen mm-hmm. but it's still on a very like attainable you're not the like the big um, bodybuilder look mm-hmm. and and he was he's such a good personality I was like man he's still attainable It, it's aspirational yet attainable and he's very trusting I was like Kevin and I had done a lot of 
public speaking and, and presentation type stuff. And as we talked about, I was like, man, I think Vince could be really special on camera. Like he's just such a, he's just got that star, star quality. And, and like I said, he was in insane, amazing shape. And then as Kevin and I had been working so many different projects over the years, we always said if we ever did start uh, a full-on business, we want to do something that was a mega niche mm -hmm. that was hard to crack. But if you did crack it, the scalability is infinite. And we also wanted to pick a business that we we would stay in love with for however long we did it. We didn't want to pick something boring that we weren't uh, passionate about because mm -hmm. it would be hard to go to work every day. Yeah. So with with so the fitness, like a personal interest, yeah, personal interest, impact, yeah, and make a huge impact. That was the other thing. It was like we wanted something that. If our families used it, you know, something that we would, I don't know, that you just got inspired every day when you saw the changes from the, from, from the customers, not just a pure money play where you're bored with it, but you know, something where you, you, you woke up every day and felt inspired, you know? Wow. This is hysterical story. Um, so you mentioned sport and, and, and fitness industry, which we all know is very, very competitive and aggressive. You did understand you need to come up with something that is unique, both emotional and from the product side. Um, can you share it, how you think about it, how you did it? Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, if I think when we first started, you know, when we say we started with a with thousand dollars, that wasn't like we took that, that was kind of what we had. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if any of us were sitting there thinking we're going to go and build this behemoth of a company. We didn't know what to expect. You know, the first, the first office we worked in together was tiny and there was hmm. us four. And a girl summer, she was working for free because we couldn't afford to pay anyone. I don't think we knew what to expect. Uh, so to begin with, the goal was, let's just see if we can make a sale. Like Nick was saying, with Vince, everyone was always asking him, how do I get a six pack like you? And we all assumed that everyone wants to get a six, a six pack, like everyone in the world, that's what everyone wants. As the business has grown, fast forward, our demographic now is more it's just people trying to lose some weight like mm -hmm. people aren't really we thought originally it was people want to get shredded and have a six-pack now as it's gone on it's more a stay-at-home mom that wants to lose 20 pounds or it, it might be a guy that wants to add 20 pounds of muscle you know so um to begin with the unique proposition the first product was an app product again that's what we thought was mm -hmm. the thing that everyone wanted and when we first started getting a few, the, the first few sales coming in, requests started to come in for other products, whether it be an arms program, a booty program, a full body program, and then things started to evolve. So the snowball started to build upon itself. I think one of the most unique propositions was Vince as a presenter. Mm -hmm. Very, very likable, he's charismatic, everyone loves Vince. It's, spend five minutes with him, it's hard to, it's hard to not like him, you know? Um, so that was definitely a unique part of it. Mm -hmm. The other part is with fitness. I think there's just a lot of bad beliefs that are just instilled in everyone around yes. the world where mm -hmm. it's, you think you have to spend three hours on the treadmill every day and hour and a half workouts mm -hmm. every single day and you have to be rigid with your, your diet and your nutrition. It's not really the case. So it's more, I think most people when they want to start a new fitness journey and you start a diet, a diet usually, the word diet itself usually means something that's eventually going to come to an end. So that's not something that's sustainable mm -hmm. or you can be consistent with. So I think with our with our programs, it was more as it began to evolve from the, from the programs and we started to see what people were responding to and what people were also, their goals were. 
the goal was more how can we help people stay consistent um, with their nutrition and less of a diet and more of a lifestyle that I can stick to. Amazing. So it sounds like a lot of evolution, like you learned along the journey of Israel, like what people are actually looking for. And it sounds like a lot of like consistency, how people can really take it into their life and do it like as a day to day for the long term versus something that is really like concentrating in one month. A hundred percent. And then I'd add to that, I'd add a layer to that just from the marketing perspective is, you know, what Kev described as the, as how we develop the product that unfolding from the customer's wants and desires and, and, and their feedback. From the marketing side, what we also discovered was to make it stand out, it was just a sea of, I don't say bad information, but a sea of so many competitors all saying, you know, fad diets and all kinds of different stuff. And we were trying just a, a, a normal sales page. And what we found was it wasn't cutting through. They needed a lot more education. They needed a lot more, they, they had low trust because they had failed at so many different things they tried. And when we shifted to the long form video sales letters, It gave us a chance to, to capture their attention, um, but then educate and build a lot of trust in those video sales letters. And that's when we really saw the marketing start to take off. So you mentioned marketing and it's great because we are Google. So <laughs> <laughs> let's take the marketing aspect for a minute. You're doing uh, two really interesting, uh, unique um, way of acquiring user. First, you use Vince as the face of the brand, and then you are acquiring users in a very non-trivial way. Can you speak more about it, how you thought about having one presenter, and how you thought about the acquisition with the education and long format ads in YouTube? Sure, I'll, I'll take a piece of that. I think we can all jump in on this. Yeah, go for it. Um, when, I, when I was sitting with Vince for a long time, like when he first started, he hadn't done a lot of public speaking, he was so young. And so <laughs> no, he would, no, no. yeah. But he was, he was naturally great on camera, but. Uh, in the beginning but we had to do some work <laughs> yeah we can see it now <laughs> it was a pretty funny story when we first started we didn't have the money for a teleprompter so we would write a bunch of stuff and he would try to memorize it <laughs> it was bad and he and I would sit in a room and because I had I had taught some seminars and different things I knew the importance of uh, the idea of the avatar in marketing right and when you know your avatar you need to speak to their pain points and speak to from a place where you can build rapport and trust and I think when he first started he was so young he was just talking to himself You know, yeah. so he's speaking from the vantage point of a 19 year old, great looking model, <laughs> having fun, loving fitness and, you know, speaking from that angle. And as we worked, uh, as he did a lot of repetition, getting himself really good on camera, it was getting his mind around that avatar and really speaking through that. Cause you're thinking, I remember when we first started, we were thinking, can he, will he resonate with anybody? You know, would, would my mom resonate with Vince? And we came to find out, came to find out that over time, once he did get that avatar in his mind and did speak from a, re a very honest pure place that man they did resonate really well but you have to really dial it into the avatar so getting vince whoever is out there listening to this whoever your spokesman is they could be two degrees off even though they're a great spokesman they could say all the right stuff you could have a great script and all this stuff but if it's not if it doesn't come through from a genuine place and hit that avatar just right that wouldn't matter who the spokesman was so that's one piece of it And then I'll say, I want to jump on some of the marketing side, some of the, the VSL stuff. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, the, from the VSL side of things, it, with the long format of just the video in general, because we tried shorter videos in the beginning. When we first came out with our quiz, which is like really when everything started hitting, um, we, I remember going to my car and we, we kind of like talk about it in our little <laughs> tiny blue office. 
and we'd be like, okay, what are what, what are like the main pain points? Like, what are we gonna talk about? And I'd go and I'd film it, and it'd be like a twenty minute video. I'd come back and be like, no, that ain't it. <laughs> I'd do that over and over, and then <clears throat> once we started introducing like twice as long of videos as that, which we thought were gonna be way too long, we we're like, who do, who wants to watch an hour long video? You'd be shocked. Like, <laughs> got the, better as it got longer. Yeah, everybody. I mean, you can you just have more time to teach. You have mm -hmm. more time to to shift people's paradigms. You have you can you can talk about all the things that if you google how to lose weight there's going to be 30 different things that pop up and so you can you can attack every single one of those and be like okay this might work if you're like this or this is not going to work don't do this because this carbs regulate your metabolism you have to eat them don't do cardio or releases cortisol so there's all this stuff that if you're just trying to get out these quick videos it doesn't give you the time to really connect with them and and and, and get them to trust you and so the longer form videos is really where everything kind of opened up and, and, and with those longer form videos for those listening out there though I, I think we had we had to sit, sit down and talk the the four of us i remember early days saying hey we need we need to become world-class top five percent in the world at copywriting and because yeah. there's a real structure to it mm -hmm. and i see a lot of great products out there that don't get off the ground and I, I look at their sales page or their their video i'm like oh man they've got a beautiful product but this is never going anywhere because the messaging dies with poor copywriting right so then the other thing that with kevin and i's background is we we know the the value and the importance of split testing split testing is everything you'd, you'd be shocked how many of those videos that on our quiz that we'd have to test just the the first five minutes or the just different chunks within it or the yep. whole thing you know rewriting the whole thing or him wearing a different shirt or whatever it could yeah. be but that split testing is when you're when you're fighting in a saturated market like that mm -hmm. every little micro win just they all add up like okay. if, you, if you think about it from a numbers standpoint if a one percent converting funnel is the standard mm -hmm. one is one out of a hundred people mm -hmm. so is there a chance that if you tested some stuff that maybe out of the other 99 people that weren't interested, maybe one of those could push them over the edge, then you've just doubled your conversion. So it's like some of the things are crazy that you, you, just, you just never know what's gonna work. So it's like you really have to split test. And what you everything. think is going to work never, never works. works. <laughs> what you absolutely hate works. But I think the paradigm shift there for somebody trying to get their marketing rolling is sometimes when they, they talk, we talk to people we're friends with or younger you know new employees on our marketing team they think you test a little bit we're like no no obsessively violently test all the time so many tests that you you wouldn't believe how from an ad buying perspective how many t how many ads kev's team tests per week is would blow your mind it's it's thousands you know sometimes and then same thing with the funnels it's like you want to test every piece and if you can even look at your whole business as a one big funnel to a degree yeah so it's like testing to make sure the product's the best making sure the layout the, the ui the ux you know, there's so much but zooming it back into the marketing it's just whoever your person is that's the amount of repetition we did in the early days to get events just right on camera mm -hmm. we spent a lot a lot a lot a lot hours and hours and hours we would sit there and film and he'd, he'd, he'd be going i'd be like nope stop that's not it it's not it it's not it just because i could feel and as you're working with the the, the your pitch person you got to like sit there and get the avatar in your head and as they talk you live the avatar in your head is this causing me anxiety do i feel like he's being cocky or dismissive about my my fears or frustrations or is he flipping objections off in my head and and am i sitting there nodding going you get my pain 
and you, you sound like you have the solution and it's different than these other solutions that I've tried and I believe you. So what I'm hearing for you is that copywriting is a king, A-B testing is a must, and you need to have a presenter that can speak to everyone and can be as nice as Vince. Nailed yep. it. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. You said we needed a presenter. It was locked. You needed funnels. You had it. Um, can you tell us more how you use the platform in order to um, hit your business goals? So when we started advertising on, on YouTube, and we thought that it's another traffic source, so we thought that the same ads on Facebook, that would just translate onto YouTube and things should just work the same. But it's a completely different platform. People were on YouTube for a completely different reason. There was performance, um, but there was, again, it goes back to the split testing. It was a, a different environment. So what we thought was going to perform to begin with were the shorter, the shorter videos, 30 to 60 second videos like they were working on Facebook. As we started to test more and more, it, it started to show that on YouTube, the longer form videos are really what started to resonate on the YouTube um, platform. By longer, I mean like three to five minutes, mm -hmm. uh, which was actually great. It gave us more of an opportunity to, people had a bit more time to, to watch Vince, um, showcase some customer testimonials. Mm -hmm. Like 30 to 60 second videos, it's tough to cram stuff in there. If someone hasn't seen you before and you have 30 seconds to catch their attention. You gotta cut right to the bone. It's, <laughs> it's tough, it's tough. But if you have three to five minutes, you still need to catch attention mm -hmm. and, and keep engagement. Um, but it really gave us a more of an opportunity to, to showcase some more content, more time with, with Vince. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing as well with YouTube, I really started to, obviously in the business, you know, it was, it was a, a massive impact overnight once YouTube started to take off it doubled the business you know oh, it's, wow. a, it's a monster monster traffic source mm -hmm. um, but this the exposure as well the number of impressions that we were getting each day obviously we saw the results in the business mm -hmm. but then when I really started to notice how much of an impact it was having was when we'd be traveling or just walking around <laughs> and a lot of people would just started to notice Vince oh, nice. the brand lift was massive massive, massive. Oh. whether we were in Brazil Italy Thailand, Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv yeah. people recognize right. you right, right on the beach. Yeah, um, but yeah, so the the impact was huge. Going back to the scalability thing for just a second, you know, we tried different traffic sources and we'd get all excited about a, a Snapchat or a, some of the other smaller ones we had tried and you, you don't know their actual traffic numbers. And so Kev would, you know, turn, turn on the ads on some of those smaller platforms, we'd get all excited and then it would cap out. Yeah. And the scalability on YouTube, it's massive. So it's just such a, nice second weapon for us that like you said it doubled our business the relationship you get with with the team how much help they give you it's just they really want you to win uh, on the on the youtube platform and they're really really helpful so it's just been a great partnership can you speak a bit more about the organic side of the house because you're doing really cool stuff on your channel and it gives you an opportunity to interact with the user so some of the examples there so the listeners can learn also on this side yeah um the organic side's a little different because obviously you're not like trying to like make a sale, right? And so you can kind of go down a path of just teaching a bunch of different topics that aren't necessarily like the sexy topics. Mm -hmm. Like when you're trying to like get somebody to like get out of their shell, to trust you, to capture their attention, you're, you're cutting straight to the bone on like, hey, stop following keto or whatever. <laughs> With organic content, you can basically expect them to watch 
10, 20 videos, and then it's more of like a lead, I'd say it's more of a lead generation than than like a, a sales driver, mm -hmm. because that's how you build trust. If someone, if I go to YouTube and I watch a video from, from somebody about mindset stuff, and I might watch one video right there, I might watch 10 videos right there, I might come back tomorrow, see if you've posted a new video, and so it's kind of like building that relationship with the viewer. And, and you and the more you post the I mean that's something we found early on is like when we first started our, our YouTube channel we what we do a video every day and it would they it wasn't necessarily like these super high quality videos mm -hmm. because people honestly they don't love super high quality videos they like somebody like back in the day when we were doing I was I was going to the gym with our one employee who was mm -hmm. not a videographer she, and I gave her this little cheap camera that we had and I was like hey stand right here point it right here and those videos are some of our biggest videos yeah. to this day because people like that authentic feel they like you talking to them they don't like you talking at them and so from the organic side it's just it's a cool little test where the more you put out usually the better you're gonna do mm -hmm. and um, you don't and you can focus on teaching a bunch of different things rather than just hitting on like the main like when it comes to getting in shape there's a couple things that you need to do when it comes to or on like the paid side of things. Mm. You talk about the like the three big things, which mm -hmm. are cardio, diet, working out. When it comes to organic, you can talk about anything. You can talk about sleep, you can talk about water, you can talk about anything really. And so it kind of opens up the door to all this other content mm -hmm. that you can't necessarily put money behind it traffic wise, but then that builds that rapport, it builds the trust, it builds the relationship with the viewers. And it also sounds like it's a, an ability to expand the audience, yeah. right? Because if you're speaking about an ads perspective, it's one audience that is looking for something specific. But if you're speaking about like water, sleep, right, diet, right, right, it's right. more like more holistic yeah. audience in, in a way. Yeah. And it's nice too, like having, a, having the YouTube channel gives us a lot of content to keep our users engaged. So mm -hmm. if somebody post-purchase, yeah. you know, you don't want to, you want them to stay, stick around a long time. And so it allows us to send emails to that content that's not just a bye, 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 bye. Yeah. It shows yeah. them a different side of you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. So that's amazing. So we spoke about uh, organic and ads. Um, can you tell us a bit how YouTube evolved during the years from where it was in the past to where it's now? The, the first ads that we, or the big, the first big ads that we used to run, especially back on Facebook early days, um, were image ads. So I remember the first time someone spoke about you have to try these video ads we were like that's crazy there's no way those are going to work um and of course that's where everything started to, to lean towards i think one of the best pieces of advice i could say is is a same split testing concept it's just anytime there's something new any new feature go test on it because that tip of the spear if you can crack that before everyone starts to swarm it that's where 90 percent of explosive growth happens to begin with, like I said, the the shorter videos, those seem to perform to begin with. If we hadn't tested the longer form videos, we would have missed so much growth and so much scale. Um, now new things that have come out, like YouTube Shorts, that's becoming probably one of our biggest placements. Um, and that's something that if we hadn't tested that, we wouldn't have known, you know? And marketers are always gonna be testing those new new placements things like CTV, if you're not on top of that, mm -hmm. the game's just, it changes so quickly. So if you're not testing, if you're not trying out these these new um, features, 
you're just missing out on potential potentially the new wave of what's going to be the next big thing if, if you, you miss that everybody to do it yeah. you're already behind you're stuck so it's super interesting because everyone says testing right every marketing will say you need to test but what you're saying here is test it but be the first to test it or be a bunch uh be as first as possible to test it mm-hmm. um the one pushback that we hear a lot about testing is this it costs a lot of money to test so how you're doing testing with keeping in mind um the target ri mm-hmm. whatever's working always double down on what's working like that's the bread and butter mm-hmm. but keep 10 to 20 percent of budget allocated towards testing new things you have to otherwise it's things decay nothing lasts forever nothing lasts forever <laughs> no matter what it is there's always going to be something new like who knows in 20 years maybe we'll all be wearing headsets and that's where the advertising who knows i don't know what's going to happen but um for right now like connected tv that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest new waves of where advertising is headed i don't know many people if i'm watching tv now we're watching sports when the ads come on on regular cable tv we just mute i don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> but now if i now as i start to see advertising uh start to evolve on connected tv type platforms it's new it's fresh it's can't it's like it's actually more engaging i don't see it as much as advertising mm-hmm. um so connected tv is a huge one youtube shorts those have been for us personally they've been massive this past six months they're quickly becoming one of our bigger placements um so yeah i think best advice i could give is just whenever something new comes out and mm-hmm. you don't feel like doing it just do it mm-hmm. because <laughs> who knows it could be yeah. something the next wave that's what i was going to add too is i say kev has really built a good culture on his team around like when some new feature comes out they crack it yeah. and they don't give up till they do i can't even think of a time whenever they something new came out that if they didn't get it hit early they just kept chipping away until it, it could be a, something we need to change on the funnel it could need to be something they need to change on the way they're doing their ad or mm-hmm. how they film it or whatever but they just kind of make that part of the culture on the media buying side is like we will crack that and they would eventually do and like he said that tip of the spear if you're one of the first ones to crack it it's it's pretty exciting yeah so we have tested don't give up and try to be first this is a yeah. cool tips cool okay so visual is six seven years old uh and uh you grew super super fast and i'm sure you had challenges along the way can you share a bit about the challenges what you observed what is your biggest challenge now sure i think um <clears throat> some of the hardest parts of that was When you start a company from a thousand dollars and you never none of us went to business school um none of us went to college for this i have a political science degree you know um and so it's, we truly are when we say that in our story we're truly self-taught from books and youtube videos and just us locked in a room working 15 20 hour days for a long long time it was hard um and so some of the early challenges that we had to face was like everything's on fire everything's broken um you have no team no systems no processes you don't even know how to do that even if you had money to hire people you wouldn't know who to hire what those positions are even called or what they what they do mm-hmm. or how to build culture if you did hire them how to how to onboard them how to manage all that kind of stuff so i think early days um one of the biggest things you need to realize is being okay or knowing what to leave on fire and which fires could take you out And so you have to leave a lot of your business. There's certain things. There's still old videos we haven't had time to get around to that we filmed on, you know, on phones duct taped to a, 
uh, what are your tripod or whatever. Literally, you know? literally, you know. And it's frustrating because you want all, you want everything to be perfect. We're obsessed as our baby, but you have to make those decisions of like, what do we sequence in the right order to get out of this stuff? And then once you get it moving, I think the, you know, you, you read a lot of the stuff in business books uh, around culture. Well, we always had great culture because it was our four best friends, yeah. and this was our obsession. Well, then when you start adding new team members that you, you know, you didn't, you didn't screen them properly, you didn't know how to hire. You didn't train them and onboard them properly. And you assume they care about your company the same way you do. And that's not a fair expectation, especially in those in those early days when you're not even t communicating the culture and the mission and the vision properly, right? So I think as you get some of that, you can make a lot of mistakes and cost yourself, put yourself in bad positions by not respecting that. It sounds like, oh, culture is a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. And then once you go through a couple of bad rounds of hiring too fast without taking the time to vet them to see if they are the right culture on board correctly on board correctly all those things you can get yourself into some dangerous positions because you're handing over giant chunks of your company yeah. to people that you know that you've got to be able to trust and that and that believe in that vision with you so i think getting the culture piece dialed in at scale is still something that has taken you know one of our biggest challenges mm -hmm. but something that we we think about we're conscious about all the time now and then I think one of the biggest challenges for any company is a constant game of fighting to extend the, the LTV. And that's a really, really hard challenge. That's, that's not something that you can just test it too quick, yeah. right? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of long-term testing. Okay, we tried this, we made this shift. We won't get to see how it plays out for six months, a year. And trying to be more, more tactical with that by you know, talking to your customers more seeing what they really want, and then making sure that you kill bad ideas quick, you know, and then making sure you're not getting false positives on, oh, we made this change here, it made more money in the short term, that's exciting, but it hurt us in the long term. So I think the LTV is one of the biggest challenges constantly. Yeah, I think um, the talking to your customers is a huge mm -hmm. one. Um, mm -hmm. One of our mentors that, uh, Nick found he he was the ex CEO of a a huge huge I don't know if it's a company or what would you call it a conglomerate yeah. I don't know yes. but but he told us he was the the CEO globally of that of that uh, that company mm -hmm. and he said the first thing he would do anytime he flew to a new city is he would set up uh, arrange to fly to a customer's house he wouldn't oh, even go wow. to a hotel and he'd go straight to that customer's house. It was all. It wasn't like you just show up unannounced. They knew he was I'm, coming. I'm laughing. Maybe I th I think about it when you arrived to Tel Aviv. You went to the first customer <laughs> in Tel Aviv, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he would stay with them for like three, four, five days, and they wouldn't really talk. He would just observe, and he was he would observe how the the customer uses their products, and it was. He said it was the best feedback. It was game changing for the for the company. He's getting real world feedback, seeing exactly what their problems are. Um, what their struggles are, what they like about the product, what they don't like. How, if you don't have that touch point yeah. with the customer, how do you not? Yeah. So we actually ended up building a, a whole uh, department in the business mm -hmm. now. We call it VPulse, and we reach out to our customers, and it's mandatory. Everyone in the company does it, and um, we speak to customers one on one, and it's just raw feedback. And man, the it's awesome. The feedback wow. we got from that is, you sit there in your room behind your laptop thinking what's next and thinking what the customers want mm -hmm. and then you get on a call with a customer and you're like whoa this is 
that's the feedback we needed right there. So um, that was a definitely a big one. We, we, it's not that we didn't want to do that kind of stuff. Of mm -hmm. course we did. It's just this thing grew so quickly, so much faster than I think we ever expected and ever knew that it could even get to this scale. Um, there's so many of these things that we did want to do. It's just which one do you do first? Yeah. And yeah. it's that that the whole world feels like it's burning all the time. And you're like, okay, I know everything's on fire. Which one's on fire the most? And I know this is going to suck. The other stuff needs to needs attention, mm -hmm. but it's working down that priority list of of what's next. Nice. Um, the, 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 another thing I'd add there is just trying to not. One of our biggest challenges right now that is what makes you very powerful. That gives you secret edge, I guess, against big companies early days of a startup is you can move so fast. Mm -hmm. There's not a bunch of red tape. It's you're you're on a jet you're on a jet ski and you're you're nimble. And as we get bigger and bigger and bigger, you can feel that you you have more need for some bureaucracy and some some red tape and some of that mm -hmm. stuff. But fighting ruthlessly to be like, where are we over processing, over engineering things? Where is where can we remove red tape? Where it just what's the minimum effective dose of bureaucracy that we need mm -hmm. so we can still maintain that nimble startup speed and violence that makes you so powerful early days. And then the last one I would say would just be the tech and the data side. Mm -hmm. The tech and the data can absolutely kill you. And if you can get that right, we always have this phrase, we always like, we, our North Star for the tech and the data is that the company can move at the speed of marketing. Marketing wants to go fast mm -hmm. and, and go crazy and wants to test everything and has an idea in the shower and wants to get it live. And we want to like not ever kill that, that creativity we want to get the tech and the data in a place where if a marketer has an idea on a run, go get it live. Go, yeah. go, 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 go. Because that's where you got to test a thousand things to find one heroic, epic thing that goes, you know, gangbusters. So the more you clog up the marketing and clog up the teams where they're blind on the data or it takes mm -hmm. forever to get something live, that creativity just starts to decay. And you can feel those that, that archetype of, of TTI or whatever you call it, um, what, what marketers usually are like. You, you want to let them be free. You want to let them run. Mm -hmm. And so I think our biggest challenge right now is that we've scaled, as we've scaled so big, we've got new tech and data needs at this size that we've got to get dialed in. Super interesting. So we said a lot about focusing, right? Which fire to leave aside and which fire to manage and talk a lot about user engagement. Like they will tell you what's next um, and to engage the user and how to scale correctly from this position with the data and measurement. So tell us a bit what's next for Vishred. You know, like I said, the LTV thing is always going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. And this year we've, we've, after talking to a lot of our customers, they wanted, we're, we're finding out that we've, we've always had our coaching programs. So we've got digital products that you can do yourself, but we've also got over a hundred trainers where you can get a personal one-on-one -on -one virtual trainer. And, and the customers just love it. Wow. They go crazy for it. And so we've tried to really take that to another level mm -hmm. and we've created a, a more of a high ticket program. It's, it's, it's more expensive, but the touch points are, are different. You get a, a lot, a lot more feedback and we really love it. They love it. So we're really leaning into that, which is great for us too, because the customers are happier. Uh, it's, it's a, a, a big lift on the LTV. Mm -hmm. um, it, it causes a ton more referrals because mm -hmm. people get such great results. And then we're also trying to get the, our clothing line off the ground. Wow. And um, but those are our two kind of our two main next 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 projects that we're leaning into now. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I'd say the other one is probably Shred Plus also. Yeah. 
It's like a nice little subscription site that basically we want like the Netflix of fitness. Mm. Valuetainment of yeah. fitness. Yeah, yeah, give like them your... everything they could ever need, go in there, not even for fitness stuff. If they're just bored and they want to watch a motivational video or they want to learn about the some random recipe. thing, they can just go in there and they can spend some time in there, hang out, nice community. That's the other thing is like we have trainers posting workouts in there, videos every single day. It's my mom tells me all the time that she goes in there like every week and she reads these stories and it's like her favorite place to be. It's super cool. Super inspiring. But like that's kind of what we want like the next phase of V-Shred to be, V-Shred Plus to be is like that all-encompassing community where you can go in there. Not just if you're trying to get shredded or anything like that, mm -hmm. but if you're just looking for a little bit of support. Nice. So it's like one-stop shop for everything right. around what you feel like, fitness, wellness, sport, health, wellness. Yeah. Thank you all for coming today. I hope you enjoy Tel Aviv and the sun. And it was really, really nice to host you guys. Thank Thanks you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you. טוב, אז תודה רבה לכם שהאזנתם. כל הפרקים שלנו זמינים באתר. אתם יכולים להקליק על הטאב ולהזין לפרק נוסף. בנוסף, ככה סתם שתדעו, תוכלו למצוא הרבה תוכן מקצועי שיכול לתת לכם השראה. אתם מוזמנים לעבור על הכל, להאזין, לצפות ובעיקר ליהנות. נתראה בפרק הבא, ועד אז, להתראות. <laughs>